0: Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5pm UK time, and this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits, without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it, so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast, But obviously. It's a podcast. It's pre-recorded. So if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say, I mean, I'm not going to read it because it's already happened. It's in the past. It's pre-recorded and no one's going to see it anyway. But here's the worst bit. You might still get charged for it depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of everybody's time. And so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3-5pm to UK time on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. So those boomers have been at it again. You know what they're like. They just, they just take everything away. They hoover up all the opportunity and the money. And now, they've, they've struck me on a personal level. I had a really good little opening to the show planned this week. I think it might have been the best one I'd ever done. It was, it was genius. It was truly original it was something that couldn't be replaced and unfortunately due to the boomers uh, that's been taken and there will be no opening of the show this week so we might as well just play a song it's saturday it's three o'clock now live from leeds alec feldman Imagine being one of Tate McRae's friends and like, I don't know, listening to the radio, going about your daily business and hearing the person who's on the radio going, and now here's a new song by Tate McRae and being like, oh my God, it's my friend, Tate McRae, they're playing a song on the radio, that's so exciting. And then you listen to the song and the song's just like, yeah, all my friends are fake. And by the end of it, you're just like, oh, well, thanks very much, Tate. Nice knowing you. Anyway, that was Tate McRae with a song called All My Friends Are Fake. So, indirect to Tate McRae's friends. Before that, Dual Epa, Don't Start Now, it's Alec here. Hi, who else could it be? It's Wizard Radio. And I'm live until 5pm. Hope you are good. This happens every so often. The entire population of uh, a town in the northwest of England called Bolton will just descend on my house. This happens, you know, just occasionally. I live with someone from there, and they, they bring all their friends up from time to time. And this is one of those weekends when they're all here and i sort of look forward to these weekends in equal measure to me dreading them because they're they're a loud bunch they're a rowdy bunch it's it's a bit much you know so to have them here for two days straight it it, by the time they leave basically you're like okay good it's nice to see them and it's nice when they go they're those kind of people and so that's on at the moment and they're just kind of chilling downstairs. They've got some tunes on, which I do kind of approve of. There was some some sort of 2010-era example that was on. The uh, the Labyrinth, come in, song that was on. So it can't fault the playlist, but they're very intense company. So when I'm finished on the radio, I should probably go and see them and say hello. So, I mean, I'm in no hurry to finish this show today, basically. Just because this is my little my little box of calmness. You know, it makes it sound like I don't like them, I do, but... Well, they're, they're hard work they're, they're a rowdy bunch So that's that's my life, how are you? What's going on? All good? Hanging out for the next two hours so we can, we can chat You can tell me what's going on um, Coming up on the show today Discussing world records I tried to break one this week, more on that soon The Taylor Swift beef We can't not discuss that I have some ideas for her Also, things that are not okay Boomer, uni marking I'm fed up with it when your parents try and steal your friends, and the real Royal Blood, the band you know is Royal Blood, are imposters. I'll tell you more in the next 10 minutes. Also the usual stuff, 60 Second Guide is coming up, Someone's Knock at Your Door is coming up, and This Week I Learned is coming up right now. This Week I Learned. I got three lessons for you that I've picked up in the last week, so you don't have to learn them yourselves. And lesson number one, this week I learned that you're never, ever, ever, ever too old for Colin the Caterpillar. The reason that all this this Bolton lot are in the house this weekend is because it's been Boltonian girl's birthday. She is now 21, so she's she's just really old. And they have been basically kind of week-long celebrations. She's one of those that kind of turns it into a bit of a birth week. I feel like I mentioned this last year when she also had a bit of a birth week. But it's her birth week. And the Bolton lot are up, but earlier in the week, obviously on her actual birthday, we got her a cake. And even when you're turning 21, the only acceptable birthday cake to get for someone is a Colin the Caterpillar cake. They're the best. They are, they're so good. Obviously, she got the face because she was the birthday girl. And only the birthday girl can eat the white chocolate face of the Colin the Caterpillar cake. If you're not from the UK, by the way, and you're wondering what I'm, what, what I'm on about... It's a cake shaped like a caterpillar. Like a chocolate kind of Swiss roll, I guess. But covered in a hard chocolate shell. There are some Smarties on top and it's got white chocolate feet and obviously a face because it's got a... There's a caterpillar that's been personified. It's called Colin. Oh, they're the best. They're so yummy. Never ever will anyone ever grow out of Colin the caterpillars. Lesson number two. This week, I learned you can get giant mermaid tails and you can put them on and you can go swimming in them like this is this is crazy this is something i saw a video of online you know like the little mermaid it's like that but anyone can do it i think they're generally used by kids but also they make adult versions so i was looking at this adult version and you put it on your bottom half it goes up to kind of your waist and it just totally covers your legs and instead of being like Trousers with leg holes. It's just one big pocket with a fin at the end, and you can't walk, walk in it. You have to kind of roll a bit, and you can go swimming and look like a mermaid and do cool tricks. And it's really cool and supposedly a really good workout. They call it "fin to fit" because you use a fin to get fit. It's supposed to be you know, great for your your core. But they're quite cool. They're fun. Mermaid tails for adults. Get involved. Lesson number three this week, I learned it's harder to break a world record than you might think. I'm not going to tell you this one now. I'm going to tell you this one, ooh, about 25 past four. So there's a a bit of a while to wait, but it'll be worth it. I'll tell you about a world record attempt that I made this week that, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but it was a challenge. It was a big challenge. I'll tell you all about that. So that's what we've learned. You're never too old for calling the Caterpillar. You can you can turn yourself into a mermaid. And breaking world records, kinda difficult. I'll tell you more on that one soon. Also coming up music from Lola Young, Medusa, and now Selena Gomez. This is Use You To Love Me. Selena Gomez, lose you to love me. It's Alec Feldman here on Wizard Radio. And I'm gonna play you Lola Young next. Do you know Royal Blood? The band, this one. They're frauds. Everything you thought you knew about royal blood is wrong because that band is not the real royal blood. I know, I gave you a second just to gasp there in a dramatic fashion. They're not the real royal blood. And I'll tell you how I know. It's because I have encountered the true royal blood in the strangest of places. It was at a Christmas light switch on my my slightly weird sort of part-time job that I do sort of around uni It's taken me to a lot of Christmas light switch ons We talked about this last week how four-fifths of Raxu were at the Leeds one Turns out the reason one of them was missing wasn't because they just couldn't be bothered I think they're going into the jungle on I'm a Celeb tomorrow. So you know what fair enough I I slandered one-fifth of Raxu. I don't know which one um, unfairly um But anyway, so I'm going to all these Christmas light switch ons, and obviously, Rexy were at the big Leeds wide Leeds city centre one. But I was also at another one this week in a sort of a little suburb of Leeds, right outside of the city centre. Kind of quite. It was a small event, community vibes, you know. You had the kids' school choirs going up and singing uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, that kind of stuff. They did have. an athlete whose name i've forgotten but i think is quite famous he was there to push the big button obviously the lord mayor was there because you can't have a light switch on without the lord mayor but also uh, some musical entertainment came from the form of royal blood and i heard the guy who was up presenting going and uh, next we've we've got some music from royal blood and i was like eh really royal blood at a christmas light switch on when I, when I hear Royal Blood, I don't think Christmas, festivities, fun, Santa, reindeers, presents, all that kind of stuff. You think heavy, hard rock music. But it turns out that the Royal Blood performing at this Christmas light switch on, were not in fact Royal Blood, the rock band that you heard a moment ago. It was a different Royal Blood. It was a reggae band. There is a reggae band in the country, Leeds-based, called Royal Blood. They're they're these two women called Annette and Paulette Morris. I think they're sisters. And this Royal Blood, the Leeds Royal Blood, was formed in 1989. So that's, that's 22 years before the other Royal Blood was formed, which I guess means that these two, the reggae singers from Leeds, they are the real Royal Blood and the royal blood that you might have heard of the rock band they're just they're frauds they've nicked the name they have no claim to the name royal blood because 22 years before they chose it these two reggae singers picked the name i did take a look at the trademarks off his website just to see if there was any trademark for the name in the context of like music but there didn't seem to be but maybe at some point in the future there will be some kind of big dispute about who has the true rights to the name royal blood And you know what? I really hope that Annette and Paul let Morris from Leeds win, the reggae singers, because they've been been doing it for years, decades. They've been using the name Royal Blood probably before half of Royal Blood were even born. And so it only seems right that you get to hear a little bit of what the real Royal Blood sound like. So I've got you a clip here from, from one of their songs. Let's have a listen to that, just to contrast it with, you know, the heavy metal Royal Blood. So they're quite radically different maybe who knows maybe if there is some kind of very bitterly fought trademark dispute it can be resolved by royal blood the rock band and royal blood the chilled reggae band doing a collab that is something I would love to hear so there you go everything you thought you knew about royal blood is wrong and the real royal blood are actually two sisters who are reggae singers from Leeds there you go I've now exposed you to the truth you can't unlearn that now Next, we're talking about when parents try to steal your friends. First though, Lola Young, this is Six Feet Under. Lola Young and Six Feet Under, it's Wizard Radio. My name is Alec. Thanks for listening. Medusa plays next. I mentioned before how the Boltonian girl that I live with, i.e. a girl who comes from Bolton, which is a town in the northwest, hence Boltonian girl, she's having a birth week at the moment. It's like a birthday, but stretched out for seven. Um, Make of that what you will. You may have opinions on people stretching out their birthday. I couldn't possibly comment, but it does mean that there's been lots of birthday-based fun this week in my house. And a part of that fun involved Boltonian Girl's parents, who I suppose must be hereafter referred to as Mr. and Mrs. Boltonian Girl. Is that how it works? I think so. Mummy and Daddy, but no, that's weird. Mr. and Mrs. Boltonian Girl. Yeah, that's what we'll call them. They came to kind of to visit for the evening and there was talk potentially of getting them in a club which was quite an interesting thought obviously I wasn't going because I hate clubs not a chance but they they could in a parallel universe possibly have ended up in I don't know Prism in Leeds or something It didn't happen in the end which is a great shame but they, they were just kind of hanging out in our house for the evening and I think I think possibly they are trying to steal Boltonian girl's friends i.e like me and the people I live with and also a couple of her friends from uni came around I think I think the parents are trying to be like oh let's make friends with them and, and be cool and possibly even end up in a situation where like we're more friendly with them than we are with Boltonian girl herself possibly I'll, I'll tell you what went down it was quite funny I had a, had a good time with him not gonna lie I had a whale of a time with Mr and Mrs BG they they came around bearing gifts not just for their beautiful darling child but for for everyone for the whole house they brought celebrations they brought crisps lots of crisps they brought walkers like sensations the spicy ones and kettle crisps and all sorts so already like in the good books they know how to make a load of students happy and that is with fancy crisps so they did that and then they said we were playing a game. It was a card game. Uh, what can I say about the card game? It wasn't Cards Against Humanity. It was called Get Crunk. And basically the idea is you go around in a circle and you have loads of like challenges that you have to undertake. Some, some incredibly rude ones. Um, some kind of, or silly, like maybe everyone in the room has to be referred to by their parents' names instead of their name. Uh, that kind of thing. Or, in a in a sort of... The, the bluest one there probably was. This caused gasps and shock as Mr. BG read out a card that says, um, The person who has this card must be referred to by everyone else for the rest of the game as... And it was a word. It was a four-letter word. I think it might be possibly the worst four-letter word there is. I know different people have different opinions on this. But... Think of the worst four-letter word there is. The one that w- you would find most offensive. That was the one that was on that card. And here read this out. And Mrs. BG was just like, "Ah, Mr. BG, you can't say that. And like, putting her head in her hands. She was like, oh my God, this is, this is so offensive. And um, so, yeah, this, this game continues. Mrs. BG gets um, a Never Have I Ever card. And you know which doesn't hold back completely goes for it with a never have i ever and um a lot of this is very pg i say pg i mean it, re- it really was pg because the parentals were there guiding it. it it was something that she'd never done on an airplane basically um but, but let's let's move on everyone was a bit like oh my god this is this is a bit much when that when we got to that bit of the game but yeah It was, it was quite funny. And then, so Boltonian girl and all her mates, they they hit the club, they went out, hung out in prison. Meanwhile, her parents just stayed and hung out with me and the other guy, um, the the new only other boy, OOB2, just stayed and hung out with us for a bit. We chilled and had a lovely chat with my friend's parents without my friend even being there. It was great, but I do think that possibly they've got an evil plan here. They're like, oh wow, those guys are so cool. I wish they were our friends. And they're just trying to, trying to steal their daughter's friends And get them to like them more than we in fact like their actual daughter who we're friends with I think that's part of their evil plan Have your parents ever done that? When they just try and make friends with your friends But it's like they're almost being a bit too enthusiastic Has that ever happened to you? If it has, let me know My text number, if you want to get involved Is 07807 183 538, 07807 183 538. So send us a message on there. You can send me an email as well, and I'll see it. Station at wizardradio.co.uk. Tell me about times your parents might have maybe, I don't know, crossed a line with your friends and got a bit too pally, and you find it a bit weird. Let me know. Thanks very much. We'll chat about this some more in a bit. Doja Cat coming up as well. And now this is Medusa. Becky Hill, Good Boys, Lose Control. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Please consume responsibly. Doja Cat and Bottom Chick. You know, if you try and search for that one on Spotify, it won't come up with anything. It's not the real name of the song. It's called Something Else. Bottom. mm, That's like the friendly radio, fun family version. Before that, Medusa, Becky Hill, Good Boys, Lose Control. This is Alec Feldman. And we're discussing when parents maybe get a bit too pally with your friends and it's it's a bit weird it feels like they're crossing a line this happened um this week not with my parents with the girl i live with the bg boltonian girl mr and mrs boltonian girl they came to leeds and they were just hanging out with us getting fully involved with the slightly inappropriate games and then long after boltonian girl had gone out they just stayed about and hung hung out with me it was, it was cool they're the nice people got a message from nikki says, my parents literally do this the whole time. It's like they think my friends are also their friends and whenever my friends come over to my house if I ever leave them alone with my parents for any reason, like, let's say we're in the kitchen, I need to go to the toilet then my mum will come in and just start a conversation and try to steal them from me It's so embarrassing for everyone involved. I know maybe they just want to be young again and hang out with all the, the cool kids, I don't know I don't know why it happens but this does seem to be a thing that Loads of people end up experiencing. Talia, as well. I remember a couple of years ago, I had a sleepover for my birthday, and my parents tried to get so involved. They watched the movie with us, which was House Bunny. Talia says, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Alec, it, it isn't really a movie you want to watch with your parents. Um, I, I have never seen it, so I don't know. Um, they made pizza with us as well, honestly. I think if I hadn't said anything, they would probably have slept downstairs with this too. Oh man. My parents think they're still teenagers, it's so bad. I wonder what it is. It must be like a, a midlife thing where you're like, ah yes, yeah, see? I can I can still be be down with it. Hello, how do you do, fellow children? Um what, what's Tali saying about house bunny being inappropriate? i d I've never even heard of this film, so let's let's IMDB it now. So we can just gauge how bad it is to have your parents sitting watching that with you because um yeah i've never heard of it the house bunny 2008 um 5.5 stars out of 10 on imdb one hour 37 it's a comedy romance who's in it anna faris um colin hanks emma stone's in it oh yeah anna faris and emma stone they're the only ones i've ever heard of i think anna faris was in friends she was the woman that like Monica and Chandler adopted their child from. I think that sounds familiar. Anyway, what's the plot of this film? Um, Orphanage. Ah, Shelley Darlingson was raised in an orphanage, finally happy when she blossoms into a fox and moves into the Playboy Mansion. I see, fair enough. What does that mean, blossoms into a fox? I don't understand that bit at all. How can you blossom into a fox? I don't understand this. Um... No, oh, that's weird. <laughs> the person that wrote the synopsis, their email, they just left it. Um, Shall I send them an email? <laughs> she being be like, I don't quite understand your synopsis of the film, The House Bunny. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. It's a film about a Playboy bunny. That might be why it makes slightly uncomfortable parental viewing. Who knows? Who else we got? Aaron. He says, I've known for... No, I have some friends who I've known for so long. It's almost like they know my parents as well as they know me. One day I came over from school and one of my friends was there just talking to my mum. I don't even know didn't even know he was coming over to see me after school. Um it's because my parents are like an auntie or uncle to some of my friends. And now I've noticed though, with new friends, my parents are trying to be their parents too. And I need to remind them that they have their own parents to worry about. Yeah, it just they're such keno's, aren't they? I'm I'm glad that this isn't just something that I experienced with my housemate's parents trying to Trying to get in all the action. It can be quite fun, though. Like, playing that slightly inappropriate card game. That was quite a moment. Oh, my gosh. I've just remembered, actually, another time. When I ended up playing Cards Against Humanity. With one of my friends' dads. Not just me and him, like There's a whole group of us. Oh, that was... Yeah, that was quite the experience. But, yeah, it's quite funny. This this does seem to be a thing that, like, everyone experiences. Slightly over over-keen parents to get on in the fun. So thanks for your messages on that. Uh, what's still to come? Black Bear's coming up. And next, um, I'm a bit annoyed. I'm I'm in the middle of a uni assessment and I'm just looking at some old feedback and it's, it's annoying me. I'll tell you why after Camila Cabello. This is brand new. came out yesterday. It's called Living Proof. New Camila Cabello. That was Living Proof. This is Wizard Radio. I'm Alec. How's it going? I was having a bit of a rant about this on Twitter yesterday. Uh, at Felber Alec, by the way, if you want to come say hi. But... I feel like it should be fleshed out. It deserves its own five minute radio feature, I think, because you can't condense how much this irritates me into sort of 140, 280 characters. I think that there's a lot to it, and it's just annoying me. I'm doing an assessment at the moment for as part of my course. It counts. It's worth like 50% of the module mark, I think. And I'm writing that, and I want to make it good. So I get a good mark and get a good degree. You know, that's how it works. And so I've been looking back at all the old stuff I've done and all the feedback I've gotten, it just so I can kind of learn from it and see what I've done wrong, see what I can do better this time. And I was thinking that might be quite useful. And sometimes it is. But mostly the feedback they give you is so, I don't know, stupid or useless that you can't really do anything with it. Um, I, was, I was kind of thinking back to like, secondary school. When you're doing your GCSEs and your A-levels and you write an essay, they're like the golden rule of writing an essay. Don't use I at all at any point in this essay because it's not like supposed to be in the first person. You're supposed to write it just like without referencing yourself. And that's the thing. And so you're like, okay, so you're not supposed to use I in an essay. You just have to say, instead of I think, you should say it is clear that, or it is possible that, instead of making it about yourself. So yeah, fair enough. And they also say, when you're writing essays at school, you know, don't make it really formulaic. You don't have to do a like, in this essay, I'm gonna be talking about this, this and this, and then I'm gonna be doing this. And finally, we're gonna be doing this. The first point I would like to make in this essay is this, and so on and so on. You're not supposed to do that. That's considered like bad writing, it's considered lazy. Instead of, Sort of signposting things and be like, in this essay I will. She'd be like, here it is, and that was generally like a skill. If you could write an essay without using the phrase "in this essay," then that was you doing a good job. Job well done. You managed to be creative with the way you phrase things and make it interesting and make it not read really like formulaically, and that was a good thing, right? Until I read. Some marking feedback that I got on one of my essays I wrote in second year. Um, where I'd done this lovely introduction and set out exactly what I was going to be arguing in the essay. Without using the phrase, in this essay I will. Because that's useless, it's just a waste of words, it's boring. And one of the, the, the comments that the marker left was just like, you should really use the phrase, in this essay I will. And I'm thinking they're like, what? Why? All through school, that was a bad thing. You weren't supposed to do that. And yet here we are at a higher level of education where you're supposed to be aiming for much more, achieving much more sophisticated analysis. And you want me to include the phrase in an undergraduate essay, in this essay I will. Like what, what's going on there? Why are we going backwards? And so that one kind of annoyed me a little bit, but it was nothing compared to the feedback I got on another essay I did, which genuinely like infuriated me. Because at school, I was always quite good at writing introductions, you know. Gave a bit of background, outlined what was going to happen, wasn't too wordy, was quite concise. And I thought, you know, I did a good job. And so that's what I've carried on, just writing introductions, the only way I really know how. And I think doing quite an all right job of it, that's what I thought. Because what are the, the basic ingredients of an introduction? You say, you give a bit, bit of context, being like, this and this with... Was this and it happened in this time and in this place blah 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 then you sort of outline but there's a debate about this this and this um then maybe you give sort of the opinion that's going to be running throughout the essay uh but it's most likely that this was the case because of this this and this and then you outline you know the paragraphs the different topics you're going to be covering in the essay and that's your basic ingredients for an introduction and yet On this essay, with my introduction, where I did all of those things, the first comment from the marker was structure. Introduction missing. I'm like, what? What do you mean introduction missing? This is the introduction. Like, you've literally written the introduction is missing on the introduction, but okay, that's kind of weird. Maybe as you you read the introduction, you'll realize that it was actually an introduction. I've given some context. The comment that's been written there is that this this is filler material. It does not contribute to answering the essay question because, you know, it was the, the background context that the whole essay is set in. So, okay, fine. Uh, we move on. I've made, I've sort of briefly said what the first argument I'm going to be making in the essay is. It says, reference missing. I haven't cited it, but a little like, this is who said this at what in what year. I've just said it because it's the introduction. There's plenty of time for that later on in the essay. And then I've gone on to the next point that I'm going to be making in the essay. It says, each point that you make should be its own paragraph. I'm like but but it's the introduction. You put multiple things in the introduction because because you're just outlining what's happening. I'm not making multiple points and just not developing them. Another one for, for a missing reference. Because I didn't cite something in the introduction. Um, it says that you've you've backed this point up with no evidence. Yeah, of course I have, because I'm gonna do that later when it gets its own paragraph when I finished the introduction. Another one. Reference missing. Like, what's, what, what part of that is not clear that everything I'd written in that paragraph is quite obviously an introduction? It has all the features of an introduction. And yet, the person marking it did not realise it was an introduction and then went to slag it off for having all the features of an introduction. What's going on? Why are uni essays so dramatically different to, like, GCSE and A-level essays in the sense that... You need to signpost things more. You need to make it more obvious for the person who's reading it exactly what's happening at what point. When when you were doing GCSEs, like, it was obvious what you were doing. And yet here, supposedly, you just need to spell everything out and give it to them on a spoon. Otherwise, they won't understand. <sighs> I'm angry about this. The more I read it, like, re- I read this months ago and then kind of forgot about it. And rereading it yesterday just made me, like, infuriated. Really annoyed me so uni marking it's it's stupid if you haven't been if you're going to uni in the future at some point be ready to totally dumb down all of your essays because apparently nobody can understand something that's like vaguely well written and doesn't spell everything out word for word because you don't need to in- oh, i don't know I, i'm gonna i'm gonna move on now because i'm just i'm just angry so i've learned approximately nothing from reading through old feedback good Someone's knocking at your door is coming up next after Black Bear, his hot girl bummer. Someone's
1: knocking at your door. Somebody's ringing
0: the bell. And welcome back to another exciting edition of Someone's Knocking At Your Door. Radio's only doorbell-based quiz game. Although well, no, that's not it's not actually true because they don't ring the doorbell. They knock. Oh, just like that. Wow, they're here already. Wow, better better hurry things along then. Someone appears to be knocking at my door, but Uh, They weren't invited, you're all at a party, this radio show, 3 till 5 on a Saturday, like a party at my house You are all the invited guests Unfortunately, this person knocking at the door, they're not invited, they've just shown up And so we kind of need, they need someone to vouch for them basically They can only come in to this this Saturday 3 till 5 party if someone can work out who they are If they know someone inside, then fine, they can come in, but you have to guess who they are That's how the game works. Otherwise, I'll just send them away. And the person who's... Yeah, alright, alright, alright. The person who's knocking at the door this week... Um, I can see them now. I, I wasn't really expecting them. Do I want to talk to them? Eh, not particularly, but... You know, if you can guess who they are, they can come in. To do that, you get five yes or no questions. Obviously, you can't ask the questions, so those questions are asked through the medium of James Gilmore. Hello... Hello, how are you enjoying this week's party?
1: You know what, it's been good, it's, yeah, it's been good. I would not say the best party I've ever been to, but a good party nonetheless.
0: Okay, I'll take that, (laughs) I will take that. So, uh, do you wanna ask your five yes no questions so we can establish
1: who it is that's knocking at the door this week? I will do. My first question is, is this person female?
0: I'm gonna say, because I saw, I saw something about this today. Seventy percent no, thirty percent yes.
1: Jesus Christ! It's not that him. That answer's thrown me. Mm. So seventy percent female, thirty percent not female.
0: Other way, oh sorry, other way around. Seventy percent not female, thirty percent female. Okay, so is this?
1: person one individual person? Or is it more like a role?
0: It's it's definitely a role. A role.
1: Okay. Is this person somebody that the sort of person you interact with day by day? Like every day? No. Not every day. Not a daily person. Okay. Um, God. Could any of us be this person or is it something that's very specific
0: no it could it could be any of us
1: God, Definitely. All right. um all right i've got one more question don't i yeah you do God almighty. um have we seen this role more recently like more frequently more recently than we would have in the past yes I think I know who it is. Interesting, okay. Well, I'm not don't gonna say I know because I think I've got a pretty good, good shot at it. Don't ruin the game. So, oh, we've
0: established they are 70% not female, but 30% female. It's a role that you don't have a daily interaction with. Any of us could do this role. And we've been seeing it more often quite recently. Who do you think is knocking at the door this week? 07807 183 538. You can send me a text. You can tweet me at WizRadio with your guess facebook.com slash radio or on email station at wizardradio.co.uk who do you think is knocking at the door this week get your guesses in we'll find out at about 10 to 5 coming up some Sigala some Ariana Grande right now though it's a minute past four time for the news Alec Feldman on wizard radio recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet Cigala and Ella Henderson we got love on wizard radio Ariana Grande Normani Nicki Minaj before that with bad to you my name is Alec Feldman. Good afternoon. Thanks for having us on. Young Blood and Harvey coming up. Now, though, not OK, Boomer. You know the, the phrase, OK, Boomer? It, it was kind of a meme. It sort of died this week because as memes, the, sort of the cycle of, of internet memes generally, there's a point where when too many people know about them and they're using them too much, that's when the meme dies. It's so when it's like, nah, it's, it's gone. It's just not funny anymore. So that, that kind of died this week. But I've been seeing a lot of stuff or my timeline about it some of it kind of funny um some people a lot of people thinking it may have gone too far there was there was the um the company that sent out an email to all staff saying uh hey listen if if you use the phrase okay boomer at work then you might get sacked that might be age discrimination and that's a sackable offense if you use it it could be offensive at work and um, yeah, it's not okay, so please don't say it or you could get in trouble. That was the thing. It's spread, it's even spread to HR departments. That ha- that's how far this has gone. By the way, if you haven't got a clue what I'm on about, uh, boomer, people born between 1946 to 1964, um, they were called baby boomers because of like the post-war birth rate increase where loads of people were born and they're, they're kind of the generation that have everything. And so that's kind of, when, when someone... When there's like someone kind of of that age group who's talking on Twitter about, or just anywhere about like kids these days, and like, ugh, they're so entitled and snowflake and You're just like, yeah, okay, okay, boomer, yeah, sure. you should be like, yeah, okay, shut up now. That's kind of that's kind of what it means. And so that's that's ageist harassment in the workplace uh, apparently. So you can't say that anymore. That's not on. Um, there's also I like this one, the the German Twitter account that got banned, because the word in German for the, as in T-H-E, the, the word for that is die, that's how they say it in German, and so when somebody, somebody tweeted the phrase, die boomer, as in like, the boomer, in German, they got, <laughs> they got banned from Twitter, for like, a few days, because um, obviously it says die boomer, as in like, you know, cease to be alive that sense of death but obviously it's german so it doesn't mean that but the algorithms they think it does and you'll get in trouble if you write the phrase die boomer even if it's actually in german they they take it as like a threat to someone's life which is kind of funny um but possibly this is this is too brilliant this thread on twitter of someone, presumably someone of that age group where they could be classed as a boomer, just totally throwing all the toys out of the pram about it. Oh, it's it's too funny. They said, um, the term boomer is being used by millennials and stupid little kids as an ageist slur against older, mature people. And they put forward the opinion that this is an equivalent of the N word. Should it be banned from Facebook? And they put a poll up. The results of the poll are five um, percent yes, ninety five percent no. So that's quite unanimous. People think no, obviously you shouldn't ban the word boomer from Facebook. Um, but anyway, Facebook is for boomers anyway. To be fair, <laughs> no Gen Z is using Facebook like that anymore. Uh, but is is then followed this up obviously because four hundred eighty one thousand people voted in this poll to say ninety five percent that boomer is not an offensive term that should be banned. He then followed this up with, "Do not retweet if your intent is to disrupt the poll any further with troll voting. This is a form of harassment." Like, what is troll voting? Is that different to normal voting? Are you only allowed to vote if you think the answer is yes? So it's it's a fair and representative poll of people who think that it should be banned from Facebook. Um, and and yeah, it's just really funny. <laughs> There's it's followed up again, disrupted polls will need adjustment for fairness and accuracy upon completion. This isn't open yet and there's there's a link to a YouTube video called how we'll adjust our OK Boomer poll. So basically this this person is quite upset because everyone voted in their Twitter poll to disagree with them and they're now thinking they need to adjust the methodology. Basically, you know, change the results to say the thing that they want it to say because the actual results disagreed with them it's too it's too funny i'm i'm enjoying more than like the joke itself i'm enjoying the totally disproportionate responses to people who just make the joke and just getting a a bit a bit over dramatic about it maybe but obviously serious point it's not nice to be mean to old people and we should respect them but also okay boomer is not like a derogatory offensive term so I think everybody needs to, to calm down a little bit, you bunch of boomers coming up next how to get Taylor Swift's property back, it's been stolen but I have some ideas for her, we'll do that after Youngblood and Dan Reynolds this is Original Me, that was Youngblood with Dan Reynolds and Original Me, this is Alec Feldman you know this Taylor Swift business nasty affair when she's basically having a go at um, Scooter Braun because I don't I don't fully understand how the music industry works but somehow Scooter Braun and um who else a guy called Scott Borchetta I've heard of Scooter I've never heard of Scott Borchetta but for some for some reason they seem to own the rights to the recordings of Taylor Swift songs like the old ones I don't know how old we're talking here is this like love story era taylor swift or is it like 22 we are never ever getting back together era i don't know but basically they own the rights to the recordings which for some reason means she's not allowed to perform them live at the american music awards and so she's taken to twitter i'm guessing she's got loads of lawyers on the case because like it's taylor swift she can afford quite a lot of lawyers and that hasn't really done anything so she's she's done a direct plea Sort of to Scooter and Scott Borchetta, but mainly to like the people to be like, yo, Scooter, Scott, Mr. Borchetta, this isn't all right. Like give Taylor her songs back. But I think there's other options. I think yes, appealing directly to the people is one way of doing it, but not the only way. There are There are other suggestions I would like to make. For example, I think maybe she could try and trick them into giving them back to her without realising. It's a classic scam, but one that might work. If she, I don't know, if she sees them at big showbiz American parties, I don't know if they mix in the same social circles. I can't imagine they're each other's favourite people at the moment. But let's say it's someone's birthday. It's who hasn't Kate? No, not Kate Perry. Who hasn't Taylor Swift fallen out with? Um... It's Ed Sheeran's birthday. Let's say that's happening. And so Taylor Swift can go up to to Scooter Braun and Mr. Bruschetta, and be like, oh my God, hey guys, would you like to sign this birthday card? And so they'll think they're signing a card for Ed Sheeran's birthday, but actually, then she can I don't know take away the birthday card and the card's got a little hole cut in it and behind the birthday card is a legal contract that means they sign over the rights to all of her recordings back to her she could do it that way and trick them into giving her music back that's one suggestion that I think could potentially work I don't know alternatively if you can't do it in the real world because they won't go anywhere near you an online scam I'm thinking specifically email phishing. <laughs> you know, when you get those emails in your inbox sometimes that are like, hmm, hello, congratulations, you've won a million dollars in the Nigerian lottery. Please click this link to to claim your prize. Or you get dodgy ones from Apple quite a lot, not Apple, people pretending to be Apple or pretending to be Amazon. So she could send one of those just being like, oh, by the way, um you've won this great prize actually oh yeah they're quite rich already aren't they they won't need they won't want money a monetary prize won't do it so they'll have to go with a like oh we have compromising pictures of you and actually no that's that's not like a fishing that's blackmail okay i've got it they she can pretend to be like the label that they work for or something however it works being like oh, there's been some some problems with these, these songs. You just need to click this link and put in all these details and then the songs will work again or, I don't know, you'll have the legal rights to them again. But actually, when they click the link, it somehow transfers the ownership back to Taylor Swift again, solving the problem um, through the medium of an email phishing scam or failing that. This is admittedly going for broke. This is like the worst case scenario idea. Taylor Swift puts on like a balaclava and does a heist on their house when they're asleep and breaks in and finds wherever these recordings are kept and just kind of steals them back maybe going in through like the roof if there's a glass ceiling anywhere she can smash through the glass ceiling but in the other direction go like suspended by some kind of cord so not to set off any of the laser alarms that are obviously going to be set because this this disc will just be like in a glass case somewhere in the middle of a room She can can pick it up and then get lifted back out of the room again. And boom, she's got her songs back. So those are just a few suggestions. If the going to the people thing doesn't work, then there are other options to help Taylor get her songs back. I've got this covered. I've thought it all through. Totally foolproof ideas. You're welcome. Um, Discussing world records next after Harvey. This is a million ways on Wizard Radio. It's Wizard Radio with Harvey. That was million ways. This is Alec Feldman. So me and my friends this week... Um, just kind of a bit randomly, just as something to do, as you do when you're a student, you have a lot of time to kill, decided, you know, just casually, we we're going to try and break a world record because, you know, it's the time of year when do people still do this, the Guinness Book of Re- Records is going to be out. If it's not already, it's going to be out soon for 2020. And you know, that's like a, a classic stocking filler type Christmas present. And we were like, you know what? We've got nothing to do, we want something fun to do. Let's have a go at breaking one. Uh, Just because, and we were looking, we were looking into this quite extensively. I was, I had mentioned this a few weeks back actually, how I discovered the world record for the the world's largest tutu was about 21 meters. And it was so big that it would fit around a double decker bus. That was, that was a fun one to find out. Um, We didn't go for the world's largest tutu record we were we were looking and a record we thought would be kind of fun but also quite achievable was the world record for the most ping pong balls bounced into a pint glass in 1 minute um because it it looked quite easy on the record it said the, the current record holder was some guy called from Canada i think he was called his name was Brian or something and there was 12 and 12 is not a big number, compared to like mass participation world records when tens of thousands of people take part, or other quite difficult records, size records, the world's biggest, you're never gonna get the world's biggest pizza because it's just got to the point now where that's gonna be so big, it's not even worth bothering. But the most ping pong balls bounce into a pint glass in a minute, sounds achievable, because it's 12, you can, you can get 12, 12's not a big number. It's easy, and, and literally, we dedicated a whole afternoon to this. Is this really sad? And we were like filming it and everything. I think I need more hobbies. So we spent this afternoon filming attempts to bounce ping pong balls into a pint glass. And the number to beat was 12. And after a few hours of doing this, um, the best, the most anyone had managed in a 60 second time frame was, was three three and so when i mentioned on this week i learned at the start of the show that breaking a world record is actually harder than you think it is it, i mean it really is there's a reason it's a world record and that's because it is quite difficult to beat and so it was it's a bit of a waste of time in all honesty trying to break this world record for the most ping pong balls bounced into a pint glass we we got a quarter of the way there and got fed up and stopped bothering because there was no way we're going to get 12 in a minute but yeah who knew maybe i don't know this is a bit of a long shot there might be someone listening now possibly who is a world record holder i don't i don't know how likely this is but it's possible um do you have a world record. Are you listening to the show now? Maybe not like an individual one. If you have an individual one, that would be really cool. But even if you don't and you've been part of a group one, especially a group one, I think that's entirely possible. There might be someone listening right now who's been involved in a group record attempt. But even if you don't have a world record, have you ever attempted one? I wanna know how it went. Because I'll I won't lie. I'm a bit disappointed about our miserable fail attempt. So if you've got any good world record attempt fails that you've been involved with Tell me those ones as well. But if you have a world record, also want to hear from you. Either of those things, if you are in either of those categories, get in touch on 07807 183 538. That's my phone number. You can text that. You can email station at wizardradio.co.uk or send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash wizard Have you ever been involved in a world record attempt? Was it successful? Was it unsuccessful? I want to know all the details. We'll talk about this again soon. First, though, I got Dan and Shay to play you. I've never heard of Dan and Shay before. They're quite new. We've been playing their uh, their song on the show for the last few weeks, and I've I've finally got my big um my big book out. I've done some research, and I found out some facts about Dan and Shay. I'm going to share them with you now in the medium of a 60 second guide. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up. 60 second guide. Daniel and Shane are the stars of the Nickelodeon series. The Adventures of Dan and Shay. They're two friends who travel around Nashville, solving problems and singing songs, with the help of their trusty calculator Callum, Bruce the Banjo, and Dolly the Dog. They learn how to solve problems, but in a fun way. There are also important moral lessons subtly embedded in the show, such as the time Shane picked up some money someone had dropped on the street, and Daniel convinced him to go hand it in. And also, the episode where Daniel shared some of his packed lunch with Shane until calendar the Calculator told him that that was communism and he should stop doing it at once. These very subtle moral lessons aren't detected by ordinary viewers, but go a long way to proving the show's social value. The show's been criticised by some religious groups on the grounds that it looks like Dan and Shay are actually lovers, but Nickelodeon went to great lengths to emphasise they are, in fact, just friends. And that's Dan and Shay in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays 3 till 5. Niall Horan and nice to meet you on Wizard Radio. This is Alec Feldman. BTS coming up. So get ready for that one. BTS Army. Tiger playing before 5 o'clock as well. And we'll find out who it is that has been knocking at the door in about 10 minutes time. So do not move. In the meantime, discussing my failed world record attempt this week. This wasn't just me. Sort of lonely in a darkened room trying to bounce ping pong balls into a pine glass that wasn't it there was a large group, group of us doing it none of us could manage it i think my personal best was two two in the glass within um a minute the best anyone managed was three obviously the world record was 12. so that one didn't happen and we all we all gave up and went home but i wanted to hear about any world record attempts you might have been involved with I wanted to know, basically, whether there are any world record holders listening to this show right now. And so let's let's find out. Uh, Isabel's been on. When I was really young, my mum took me and my brother to the O2 to take part in a big world record attempt. This genuinely isn't a lie. The biggest gathering of Smurfs. Basically, around a thousand of us went to the O2, dressed as Smurfs, to promote the new Smurf movie. I don't think we did break the world record, to be honest. And I could say... I wish I could say it was really fun um, but as it sounds, I don't quite understand this sentence but basically she says, it was absolutely ridiculous. It took so long to get the blue paint off me and it was really itchy. Um, oh, that's a, that's a shame. Another failed world record attempt but one that requires significant personal like outlay and effort. You had to go all the way to the O2. I don't know where you live. Hopefully London so you could just hop on the tube but even still and get the costume and get the blue face paint. I'm wondering with that one, how do you adjudicate? What defines whether someone is dressed up as a Smurf or not? Do you need the face paint and the hat? Is there a special t-shirt you have to wear, special shoes? Like, what if you go in normal clothes, but your face is painted blue? Does that count as a person who's dressed as a Smurf? I want to know how that one's adjudicated, what the criteria are, what the rules are, because that must be quite challenging. But good on you. That's a good... That is a good world record to have attempted. The most... The biggest gathering of Smurfs. David sent me a message. I attempted to break the world record... Oh dear. For the most hamburgers eaten in three minutes. Nice. I know that sounds ridiculous. But I promised we filmed it and everything. I've always wanted to try and break a world record. And it seemed like one of the quickest ones to try and beat. I managed to eat eight in three minutes. Which is a lot. But the world record is 12. So I wasn't even close. Well, you were two thirds of the way there. Eight in the, in three minutes. Sounds quite a lot. Did you feel really sick after? I bet you did. I bet the rest of that day you're like, uh, help me. Kind of maybe just rolling around or waddling a bit just because you're so like bloated from eight hamburgers in the three minute time period. Have you eaten hamburgers since? I could totally believe that after that, Trauma and distress you could never look at a hamburger ever again Because that it doesn't sound pleasant But um, I'd love to see this video Nice one, David Olivia says me and my friends always talk about trying to break the world record for the largest pizza ever made I mentioned this one before I said no, I can't be bothered. It's too difficult. It's gonna be huge by now. Oh, it is huge I've even got a stat here. Olivia says the current record is 1261 meters which is a really large pizza. <laughs> you can say that again. One, 1.2 kilometers in diameter. Is that diameters? Oh, that's, that's an interesting question. Is that a, kilo, a kilometer wide or um, like a kilometer circumference? That needs to be clarified as well. She says, we've worked out how we'd make it and everything, but we don't really have an oven big enough to make a dough that size, really. When I'm older and have some money, I'm genuinely going to try and break that world record because it sounds like such a cool one. When you say when you're old and have money, do you mean you're going to buy an oven that's wider than 1.2 kilometers and try and make a pizza in it? Or pay people to... I don't know what you could do. Possibly, maybe if you hire out a warehouse, you could, because you could, that would be big. You could maybe get some special lights that will cook the pizza. But also, if you leave it long enough, it will cook because cooking, I think. I might be making this up. It's entirely possible. I operate under the impression that cooking, at least some kinds of food, is a chemical reaction. And the only thing the oven does is speeds it up a bit. Because obviously, if you want a chemical reaction to happen fast, you increase the temperature. So if you just left a pizza out in the heat, like in the sun all day, or for a few days, or for a week... Would it eventually, very very slowly, cook? I feel like this might be one of those things where I say something that's actually quite stupid, and the actual answer is no. Obviously, it won't. But in my head, I'd like a 1.2-kilometer pizza would cook, just if you left it out at room temperature for long enough. But I'm I'm happy and probably expecting to be corrected on that one. Uh, who else we got? Yanni. I went to an event which was trying to break the world record for the largest mental health awareness lesson. Uh, It was for World Mental Health Awareness Day. Loads of countries and schools around the world were trying to break the record for it. We didn't break the world record, unfortunately. I think some school in Australia won it. Damn it, Australia. I'd say it was quite a fun experience, but obviously it was actually quite deep. Yeah, I can imagine. But I suppose if you want to, to make something that could be quite deep a bit serious and possibly even sad if you want to make it a bit more upbeat stick a world record attempt on top and then boom fun but I'm, I'm a bit disappointed to be honest that i haven't had any people message in saying i have actually been part of a successful world record attempt i am a world record holder no messages from anyone like that which i assume means there are no world record holders either listening to or presenting this show that's a very sad fact but one day one day we'll get there one day olivia will have your world's largest pizza david will have eaten the most hamburgers in 3 minutes and i will have bounced the most ping pong balls into a pint glass in 1 minute one day not today someone's stuck at your door is coming up next when we'll find out who it is and get your guesses in first though bts and love this is make it right on wizard radio
1: someone's not gonna have to do
0: Somebody's ringing the bell Welcome back to Someone's Knocking at Your Door on Wizard Radio, the home of Someone's Knocking at Your Door, which is radio's only game show based around front doors and knocking. My name is Alan Feldman. I am the host of said game show. And someone has been knocking at my door. They've been very patiently waiting outside for the last kind of hour or so. I'm just waiting to be let in because I, I don't know them. And the only way they'll be allowed in is if someone who's already already here at my house, at this this Saturday 3-5 till party, um, which is you lot, if any of them can vouch for them and be like, oh, I know who you are, then they can come in. Otherwise, nuh-uh. So, you have to guess who it is that's knocking at the door. So, let's see what guesses have we got in this week. I wonder if anybody's going to get it this, this week. Um, first guess this week is... Regular someone's looking at your door Enthusiast Benny Um Loyal listener Benny Who's I think Benny gets involved basically every game We've ever done on the show Which I love So please don't stop I don't know why I think this But is the person Knocking at your door Um A cashier Who works at a supermarket On the tills I literally have no idea Why I've come to the conclusion But it is just the first thing I thought of And I wanted to send it in Um Variable quality of your guesses, Benny. This isn't your finest work. I'm not gonna lie. What, what part of a supermarket cashier um, is something that you've seen more often recently than you would? It could be. Actually, you know what? I'm just looking back at the clues we had. The clues, by the way, 70% not male. No, what is it? 70% not female. 30% female. Um, it's a role that you don't have a daily interaction with, it could be any of us, and um, you've been seeing it more often recently. To be fair to Benny, I know I said it was a bit of a rubbish guess, but actually, looking at those clues, it does fit. The only thing that's a bit questionable is that whether you've seen this role more often recently than maybe you have in the past. If anything, you see it less, because self-service checkouts. But you know what? You know what, Benny? I take it back. That was a fair guess. It was an incorrect guess but it was actually quite a good guess according to the clues that we had. So you know what, fair enough, fair play to you. Um, next message, next guess is from Tash. Is the person knocking at your door a weather reporter from the news? I feel like 30% of them are female and 70% of them are men. I um, do you not know, necessarily see them every day because you don't watch the news every day and it could be any of us. They aren't particularly special. I feel like being a weather reporter isn't a special skill. Um, also, though, with the weather going bad, and it now being the winter, I think we've probably watched the weather more often, so we've seen this person more frequently recently. Watertight reasoning from Tash. I can't really fault any of that. As much as I'd like to. Um, it, it does fit with all the clues that we've got, but incorrect. Not the right guess on someone's appeal this week. It's not a weather person. It's not Thomas Schaffernacker. Um, he's my favourite, because... He's the one that just keeps going wrong for. He's the one that was like swearing at the news anchor once and the camera was on him and he didn't realise. Oh, classic. But it's not its not him or any of his weather colleagues, I'm afraid, knocking at the door this week. Ed, stay with me on this one, Alec. I was off school last week on half term. So who have I seen more frequently recently? The Postman. They aren't a daily person because they don't deliver posts on a Sunday. Any of us could become a postman. And I definitely think there are more male postmen than women postmen. Woman, woman, people, post people. You know what? Again, quite a good quality of guests today. They all actually work. They're not totally ridiculous. It's not a post person, a post delivery, a post delivery operative. Yes, yeah. It's not one of them. But that is a good guess. I suppose it does fall down on the grounds that not everyone has been on half term this week so therefore not everyone would see a postman person operative more recent, more often recently this this post person thing is really getting my tongue twisted um, it's not a post delivery operative person man woman thing at the door this week Yasmin I know someone guessed this a few weeks ago Alec is there a robber or a criminal knocking at your door I might be wrong but I feel like there are more male criminals than female criminals you don't see them everyday We've seen them more often lately because crimes rates have gone up, probably. And it could be any of us, which is quite a scary thought. I mean, it, it could be any of us, but you won't suddenly find yourself becoming a burglar without intending to. Just be like, oh my god, what am I doing smashing through this person's back window? I think I must be a burglar. How has this happened? Oh, how unlucky. You can control to an extent whether you become a burglar or not. It's not a burglar knocking at the door this week, again because you know burglars don't knock at doors they just smash through the window it's not a burglar thanks for playing no yasmin and last message from sam i read a statistic the other day 32 percent of mps are women 68 percent are men or something like that an mp is a role not a specific person you don't see them every day and any of us could become an mp we would have seen them more frequently lately because a general election is about to happen is it an mp no Sam you are wrong Everybody who's guessed on Someone's looking at you today Is wrong Which means we don't have to Open the door to them Which to be honest I'm not that upset about Sam was the closest That's why I read your message out last Because even though It wasn't an MP knocking at the door It was in fact A Lib Dem canvasser That's who was knocking at the door this week Obviously nobody guessed that Which means they can't come in Um, I'll have to send them away now So bye Thanks for coming Cheerio that wraps up someone's Off at your door it also wraps up the show thanks for listening get a podcast if you want it's called Alec Feldman the podcast we release that every week it's just the whole show without the songs get it from your favourite podcast places all I have left to say really is um, see ya speak to you next week Mars, of course is coming up next we'll finish on Tiger there goes another episode of Alec Feldman the podcast wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? <gasps> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. <laughs>